0: This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, Episode 60. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. In May 2015, we hosted Real Estate Recharge on Queensland's Gold Coast. This is our annual client event for Best Agents and Locked On. We had some awesome guest speakers, including quite a few that I'd interviewed for this podcast. That list includes Garth McCoskey, Delene Lewis, Nairy Ewings, Patrick McKinnon, Shad Hassan, John Stack, Luke Newton, Mark Lands, and Damon Parker. Aaron Shiner and I emceed the two day event and the feedback from agents who came from all over Australia and New Zealand was amazing. Once we'd locked in our top speakers, we went looking for a well-known identity to headline the event. We were looking for someone who could leave us all with something to remember. We wanted someone who had triumphed against the odds and had a story to tell. We were looking for someone to motivate us in the mindset space, someone who our agent audience could identify with because of their character and their ability to keep going when everyone else had given up. I had never heard Steve Bradbury speak, but everyone who had said Australia's first ever Winter Olympic gold medalist puts on quite the show. I actually interviewed him for Top Agents Playbook and it's episode number 22. Steve's journey from Brisbane suburbs to the dais at Salt Lake City in 2002 is the stuff of legend, but few people actually realise it was Steve's fourth Winter Olympic Games. So Steve agreed to be our headline speaker for the event, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. He shared the pain of his journey, and there were definitely more lows than highs. It makes you wonder where the determination comes from. Is it mental toughness, a super strong belief in yourself, a stubbornness, or all of the above that helps people succeed in the face of adversity. To hold Steve's gold medal in my hands is something I'll never forget. It's beautifully worn and a little faded from years of sharing it with a proud country who loves to hear his story. Perhaps you've held it too. Fast forward to later that year and my Facebook feed catches the buzz about a young Melbourne auctioneer who's made the final of the Australasian Auctioneering Championships. Harry Lee is a partner in a new agency from Springvale in Melbourne's southeast. Harry, together with brother Alex and co-founder Michael Choi, run the iSell Group and, with a fast-growing team of almost 40, have come out of nowhere in the last two years to dominate their local market. The final of the competition was held at Crown Casino in Melbourne that September, and Harry won. He mightn't be an Olympic gold medalist, but I think he's made of the same stuff because last year was the fifth time he'd competed in the competition. And instead of feeling defeated each year that he didn't win, he set to work and practised like crazy. In fact, Harry Lee practices his craft like the champion he is. He trains with the dedication of an elite athlete and now has the ultimate achievement to show for it. In the video, which you'll find embedded in the show notes for this episode, you can see how confident, calm and relaxed Harry is when he took the stage at Crown. I can only imagine the satisfaction and pure joy he must have experienced when the gavel came down and the judges declared him the winner. I'm grateful to Harry for giving us some time in his very busy life to share his story and exciting journey so far. Because everybody loves a winner, and everybody loves the last man standing. Okay, let's do it. Well, Harry Lee, welcome to Top Agents Playbook. How are you doing? Uh, good, mate, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for setting aside some time, Harry. I wanted to chat, and uh, I wanted to chat with you because you were the, or you are the 2015 Australasian Auctioneering Champion. For yes, all of Australasia, obviously. So, I firstly want to say congratulations. Tell me, thank you again. Um, wh- when did that take place? Obviously, during twenty fifteen, or
1: Yep, yeah, twenty fifteen um, in September last year. So okay. about a year ago, uh, it was held held in Melbourne. So wherever it's held, um, it, it changes every single year. And so last year it was just you know, great that it was held in Melbourne. Hadn't had that. Home ground advantage, as they say.
0: Okay, okay. Well, you are. I should just. I should just uh, let our listeners know. You are a selling principal with a with a company called the ICL Group with Michael Choi in Springvale in uh, in in Melbourne. I think you said it's about twenty five k's out of the CBD. Um, Correct. How long How long has your business been going?
1: Um, well, I've been a business owner with my brother here at this office uh, for about six years. Um, getting close to six years, we rebranded to I uh, from a previous company about um, January. So what, given nine months ago?
0: Okay.
1: Um, so I Sell is our own brand that we created. Uh, my brother Michael and I, and um, yeah, look, we're we're hoping to do big things. Michael runs an office in Aspendale Gardens, and it's so it's two office flagship at the moment, and we hope to get bigger from there.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, you're a young guy. You're pretty dynamic. Um, How did you get into real estate? Give us a little bit of uh, backstory.
1: <laughs> well, it kind of almost uh, just fell into it. I finished high school, but I finished high school one year early. Um, I skipped a year level, so I felt that, I was a bit young to go to uni.
0: Is that because you're super smart? Uh,
1: at the time, yeah. Um, right. Rewind back maybe 10, 11 years ago, I was I was uh, considered intelligent. Um, Boy, probably I wish. Less so these days.
0: I wish I'd been at school with you because uh, Year Ten were two of the hardest years of my life. But that's another <laughs> story. So sorry, funny I'll,
1: enough, you, you probably took the Year Ten off me because that's the year level that I skipped. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you didn't well, do it, and I did it twice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I interrupted. in this world somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I interrupted. Sorry.
1: No, no problems. Well, look, uh, yeah, because finishing one year early, I thought, you know, uh, going to uni, I would be, I younger than everyone and I didn't want to be in a position to, you know, like I, I was probably, I won't say antisocial, but I felt a bit uncomfortable going to uni at the time. So deferred for one year. During that year, I was um, working at my brother's business at the time he had a little business and had discussions with him and obviously started making a little bit of pocket change and thought, "Oh geez, making some money sounds like a good idea
0: was it a and, real estate uh, business that your brother had
1: no at the time it was a uh, a car detailing business okay so it was um, yeah, we, we were, I was helping doing um, incoming or handling incoming calls and inquiries right. um, over the phone so and making bookings so I got into that, did that for a few months, and then um, my brother was quite, um, I guess, into investing at the time. He was, he made me read all these books, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, you know, you know okay. listen to CDs from Robert Kiyosaki at the time, and, yep. and it certainly got my mind into the, um, you know, you got to make money, well, use money to make money, this type of mentality, create cash flow and so forth. And then, um, yeah, we we looked into real estate as an option, and um, we thought, look, let's just go in and give it a shot. Still young, got nothing to lose, and kind of never went out. Um, I got my agent's rep um, when I was eighteen, and just went into real estate and started off as a uh, personal assistant to the director at the time, and just onwards and upwards from there.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, let's fast forward to the to the competition. How many yep. how many um, competing auctions did you have to do to? win the final tell me about okay, that okay
1: so okay well look i guess as a journey um i started entering the competition um in 2010 um and so i entered the competition every single year um you go through a heats stage at the state level and then if you're uh, good enough to finish in the top five then you compete in a final so um many years i competed in, in the heats and i made it to the final didn't win f- for a couple of years came runner-up for a couple of years and then made a breakthrough um, in winning. So the winner and runner-up of each state competition then compete in the national plus New Zealand, which would then make it Australasian level. Um, And, yeah, in last year, um, competed. So in the heat final of the state plus the heat in the Australasian and then winning the final. So four goes last year plus all those goes before that, which I wasn't fortunate enough to win.
0: Uh, Okay. I I wasn't aware of that. So... So wow. So t- so this was actually the fifth year that that or last year was the fifth year that you competed.
1: Correct. Is yeah. That right? So luckily, wow. Yeah. So it, 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 I wish I was good enough to win it on the first go, but you know when it comes to auctioneering and like with anything, you need experience, you need confidence, you need to you need the know how, you need to know the ins and outs and technical um, side of it, which sometimes you're not aware of when you first enter in. So yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a journey before winning.
0: Have you looked at the video from 2010 to 2015 and to see to see the difference?
1: <laughs> um, I, I actually did uh, last year before my performance in 2015. And I, I and I was really, uh, I guess, happy with the change that I made um, or changes that I made. But, but yeah, I don't know you, if you've ever been through that situation where you look at yourself and you just absolutely cringe and you just think, why did I even compete at that time? I was nowhere near ready. I was just... Amateur, you could yeah. say, probably the best way to put it. But you know what? It was a learning lesson.
0: Well, I think it's a mighty effort that you you did it and you came back year after year after year to uh, to win it. I was um uh one of the podcasts, I forget which number, but uh Steve Bradbury, the last man standing, when he won his gold medal in Salt Lake City, uh the Winter yep. Olympics and the speed skating when when the other guys uh collided. Uh, I think yes. that that was his fourth Olympics. So, um, so you're you're very much in the last man standing mold. You just kept going until you won.
1: Well, look, yeah, it's um, yeah, as one of one of the guys in the auctioneer fraternity, he always says it's hard to be the guy that never gives up, and particularly, I guess, unlike um, Stephen, when obviously he he won, but it's based a lot on physical attributes as well. So his time frame of winning is quite limited because he's only at peak physical fitness for a certain amount of years. Whereas with auctioneering, you know, you can really um, compete at any at any age, and as long as you 're up for it mentally, then you can go in year after year, and which is kind of the mentality that i had
0: yeah okay well i 'm going to post the video on the show notes for this episode so everybody can see you 've got you 've got a great sense of it's almost, it 's almost the word that came to me was you 're a showman in, a, in, in every in every great sense of the word you 've got presence. Uh, you you know when to pause, and you deliver a terrific uh, presentation and auction. You're not rattled. In fact, let's have a listen to a little bit now.
1: Thirty-five. There we go. Two million nine thirty-five. Raising the answer here today. nine thirty five to lead now. What do you say? Call at nine fifty from here at two million nine hundred and thirty-five thousand once at nine thirty-five twice now. Two point nine three five. Are we prepared to let us live? Two,
0: two and a half. At two and a
1: half and nine thirty-seven five. At 37.5 Now we're dealing with some fine margins At 47.5 Yeah we're in a premium location folks At 47.5 the lead now Why do you say sir, would you go and rebut with a further 10? At 47.5 now Ma'am loving your work so far Could I say you go that little bit further At 2.9 47.5 first time Twice At 47.5 2.5 2.95 million at $2,950,000, at 52 at $52, at 2 and half, a half. at 54 dollars at 54 and a half, the lead, now 59 dollars at 59 dollars that's a strong play for the key, sir, at $59.5, 1st time, at two million dollars 5 twice, third, and final call.
0: So, Harry, tell me, um, that was awesome, when you were, were you nervous? Uh, it's for my that question. performance, yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. Um, look, it's in. Every time I get on stage, uh, I feel nervous. Uh, probably the degree of how nervous I am is uh, a bit different in a final than, for example, a heats, because I do feel confident through heats only because I know I've been there, done that. So I have this little bit of. I guess uh, extra aura I feel when going on stage because I know I've, I've competed at that level before and I'm good enough. But in a final when everything is on the line, um, nerves do creep in. But I, but I feel it keeps me sharp. It, yeah. it makes me um, – I, I, it keeps me on my toes basically. If, yeah.
0: if, if you hadn't won last year, would you have would you have saddled up again this year? Oh,
1: well, I did saddle up again this year. Oh, did year. you? Okay. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I wasn't yeah, aware. I've, I've, no, that's fine. Looking at it, this obviously this being September with the recent competition just um finished yeah. um, at the Australasian level. So I did win Victorian competition again this year to try to defend my title. Oh congratulations. In the Sorry,
0: I, I wasn't aware. Yeah.
1: No worries, oh cool. Um we um yeah, represented Victoria. I, made, I did make the final again. Um and I thought my performance was good with but obviously there was one better on the day. So this year, unfortunately, I didn't wasn't successful in defending, um, but yeah, reached a final again. And uh, yeah, congratulations to Justin, who was eventual winner this year from Queensland.
0: Okay, awesome. Did do you find that it's it's harder to to perform an auction in front of your peers than than a real auction when you're actually selling property? Did you feel more pressure?
1: Oh yeah. Well, look, I guess the uh, the pressure comes from the fact that people are that are in the crowd who are your peers and our fellow auctioneers, they will critique every little thing that you do from a, any little slip-up from the way that you um, announce a property on the market to the way that you act to the numbers if you um, add them correctly or incorrectly. So definitely the pressure is, I would say, different. It's probably different pressure yeah, uh, because I think being out there rep- um, and uh, representing owners every single week um, has its own type of pressure as well because you're, you're so – I guess you play quite a responsible part, is to how the outcome um, of the sale of the home and the actual final figure, which I do believe an auctioneer will play a big part on. Uh, but yeah, definitely, a totally different type of pressure, and which makes you a little bit more nervous. Yeah. When it comes to competing.
0: I bet. I bet. Um, how many auctions? How many real auctions have you done in over time? Do you keep any kind of tally? Uh <laughs>
1: I wish I did actually keep a uh, a tally specific, but I did a calculation uh, just a month ago, and I'll probably say around that eight to nine hundred wow. uh, auctions is wow. probably how many I've conducted.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. Um. So, how are you able to market or, or leverage this success in in your marketing?
1: Um. Yeah. We're well, looking at it's great because particularly in the area and the market we're in, um, in Springvale we. There's no one else, number one, competing, first of all, and number two um, has ever reached the level in the past that I've reached. So you can say I've reached new grounds that no one else is getting anywhere close to reaching as well. So i use it profiling, obviously, you know, using the words Australia's best auctioneer or Australasia's best auctioneer. Yep. Um, You know, we we use that extensively on all our marketing, whether it be from basic Mm -hmm. marketing drops to billboards um, to – Uh, due to the actual you could say profile that we send out in our pre-listing kit Um, and then um, I guess a lot of it after the promotion it's word of mouth and so we we've made it an emphasis as as it's like once the market reaches a certain point that um, that the guys uh, within the team here um, keep spreading the word and um, yeah, you, know, you know, getting, getting, you could say, the the uh, one by one, the word of mouth, peer to peer information out there, and social media was good with that aspect as well. So uh, after I posted it up on Facebook and the like, you know,
0: people shared it, and
1: you, know, you even- were all
0: over Facebook. It was brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
1: no, it was it was good there, and you know, clients are on there, and um, prospective clients are on there, and uh, it was great. Good value.
0: Fantastic. Tell me. Tell me, Harry, about your business. Uh, How's business? Um, What are you doing in your business to help you get to more listing presentations, win more listings, and make more sales?
1: Sure. Um, Okay, so our business, um, modest in size, we've got a sales team of about 13, Um, and then add myself because I'm an active listing agent um, principal here. Right. So um, our our sales team, um, based on performance overall right now, fantastic. We're doing as well as we've ever done. Uh, market in Melbourne, um, you may know, Ray is quite healthy. We're, yes. we're probably pretty lucky here compared to some other cities and states. Um, so um, to us, uh, right now, it's about consolidating our market share, which we do have a decent amount of in Springvale, Springvale South. But we're, we're also um, targeting and breaking into nearby suburbs as well, which are within the same municipal. So in the city of Greater Dandenong is the main municipal that we look after. Yes, We've got other suburbs including Noble Park, Dandenong, um, Keysborough where of course we, we we do have a portion of market share but with a growing team we're hoping to get grab a bigger market share. Profiling um you know with the win and you know having one Victorian um the competition again this year, I uh, you know we're able to use that to our advantage just to be able to go we'll look once again we've got the Victorian and number one victoria's the number one auctioneer um uh, so it's not just luck anymore you know you got you got the best within within the state and, and uh, one of the best within the nation um here to to sell it. and so i'll make sure my auctioneering um you could say talent is not outsourced anywhere locally right so if people do want to you know auction their property we got a big advantage um, using my profiling to to list the property
0: of course, of course. How many how many listings would the team carry at any one time? Uh, look,
1: at this stage, between 45 and 50.
0: Okay, okay. And how many, how, what what would be a good uh, average month uh, sales-wise?
1: Sales-wise, we would probably, a good month would be between 30 and 35. Okay. Um, our, okay. our average so far this year has been about 26. Right. Um, so we our January and February, I must say, was quite slow, which probably brought down the average quite significantly, yep. but the rest of the months have been very good.
0: And your average, uh, your average commission,
1: uh, twelve, just okay. a bit over
0: twelve thousand. Okay, tell me about um, um, vendor marketing contributions. Are you? Uh, do you have any issues getting uh, getting vendor paid advertising? Uh, in in getting vendor paid, no. But because of
1: competition, I think this is quite common. The amount um, that we get sometimes can be a struggle. As you know some some competitors do come in a little bit lower and or um choose not to do certain aspects of marketing, including print media and so forth okay so um we 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 average about three and a half thousand um um as a vendor paid plus we we charge extra for auctioneering and so forth, so overall the campaign's about four thousand, which isn't significant um you know we our average price here is about six fifty
0: okay okay. Wow, things have uh, things have <coughs> shot up in your neck of the woods since since I was there last. That's crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, look to think, Springvale is, has an average price of six fifty or just a tad over. Is yeah, look, like, um, didn't foresee it, but these last two years um, it's progressed really well.
0: What sort of growth is that? <coughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if you have um, any idea, but but vaguely, what sort of percentage growth um, is that in the last year? I would say in the last
1: in the last two years, twenty four months. Um, I would say it's probably been maybe just under fifty percent. So wow. we were selling properties that were 400, 400 odd, and now it's over 600. So, yeah, So the, it's I would say 50%.
0: So the boom is still alive and well in uh, in Springvale, Victoria? Uh, well, it's affordable.
1: I, I mean, nowadays we know that circle of being close to CBD is getting larger and larger, and I think – um, Springvale has been a ben, uh, beneficiary of that. Uh, being only 25k's and we have a, uh, I guess, a train station here which gets into the city in under half an hour. That's not considered a long period of time any, anymore. Whereas if you look 10 years ago, if you're half an hour away from the city, you're still considered quite far. Yeah. And um, you yeah, know, with with a lot of the, you could say the mums and dads and the uh, first home buyer market only being able to afford that six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar price bracket, we're right into that space at the moment.
0: So. Harry, who takes care of the marketing in, inside your business? Is that something that you and Michael look at? I'm sorry, I didn't mean marketing. I meant training of your team, of you, of you guys. Oh, training of the team?
1: Yep. Yep, yep training. So if you talk about uh, majority of training, I do conduct two training sessions a week for the team. Um, and then so we, we, that involves role-playing and um, going through, I guess, uh, certain uh, topics you know, that we've encountered um, and challenges that we've encountered in the marketplace. Uh, we also do whole training um one of our sales managers holds a great market share and he's one of the probably the best sales people I've ever met, to be honest um, as a genuine sales He used to do door- to door sales and um, I utilize his skill there he does a bit of training with the team members here as well and um ongoingly, well, we do have outsource trainers um you know coming in and of course we do visit outsource trainers when they attend you know certain workshops and seminars as well.
0: It sounds like uh, that guy that you were talking about. It sounds like he's a bit of a hustler in a in a in a good way.
1: He, yeah, absolutely. Um, if 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 you were to um, start from scratch and you needed energy and you needed um, that killer instinct, Chris Chris is the guy that works here. He's amazing in that aspect, and he teaches, particularly with the new guys, where sometimes. I I feel a lot of the new generation they lack that you know, that hustle and maybe that killer instinct. And um he, he kind of instills it in them, which is fantastic.
0: Well I guess you've got a culture as part of a team that you're able to drive it. Uh is would he be one of your top salespeople, Chris?
1: Um yeah, well look, in terms of numbers, he is the top salesperson within our office.
0: Right. Right, right. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so um your doing 30 or you're doing more than a sale a day uh do your team have have support staff is somebody helping them who does all the non-dollar productive activity stuff
1: okay so um chris so the top sales guy he has he runs a team of two below him at the moment so um they help out with um i guess his administrative work and sometimes buyer management then we also have um in in the office, I've actually um, we've employed um, an actual admin and marketing person to help with every single salesperson to upload their properties and to do most of the admin side ordering marketing. Right. So I've got a we've got a full time person doing that for most of the salespeople. Yep. Um, I personally have two PAs as well um, running, um, so they 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 act as buyers agents. Um, but I run them through this system where after two years, um, they will they'll would have developed the right database, not only through buyers but through their own little farm areas. And um, after two years, the program should allow them or they should have a significant amount of business to be able to you know, stand on their two feet and obviously be fully fledged as a salesperson as well. So um, if, you, um, if you speak of actual sales team and EBU's or whatever we like to call it, only Chris and I have an EBU. Everyone else is uh, running isolated, but we've got an employed, a full, full-time marketing person to help them.
0: Do your, okay, do your team um, each have a specific geographic area, like a farm?
1: Yep, yep. So the farm area, um, we, we do. Every person um, actively uh, works in a designated farm area. Uh, Tell so me about cover- what they
0: do. What, what do they do inside their farm? Okay,
1: all right. So um, to, to us, it's all, all about uh, consistency, discipline actions and meeting face to face as frequently as possible so um, so when let's just say someone's starting from scratch uh, we designate a farm area that we feel has a sufficient amount of um, listings being generated out of there um, and we, we provide them I guess a plan of attack so we get them to split the area into four and then once the area is broken into four of because we we have 1500 as the number of in a farm area the number so split of it into the four. number of
0: households in, um, in homes, the area yeah. yeah okay
1: so 1500 and um, they, they first well, we provide them some marketing material as well they first go out door knocking introducing themselves and then uh, because our market share is decent we always will have a listing or two within every single area that one of the guys are marketing so we make sure that they promote actively and heavily with the Just Listed auction invites, the Just solds probably the most important. Um, and then they will just build on from there. Um, but, but we we make sure that we get as many neighbours through to our auctions as possible.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, it's obviously a, a winning formula. Uh, I think you guys are to be congratulated. You've come out of nowhere. Um, I think you said the business has only been going a couple of years. Am I right?
1: Yep. So, I Sell Group's only been around for two years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, i got to ask, are you going to compete next year? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I think the the hunger to win and,
1: well, I guess I'm ambitious is one word but I I feel because when it comes to this competition because it does take a lot of not only time because of training and or spending time away from the business uh, but it takes a lot away mentally and particularly for normally, in normal cases where people, for example, have family and kids, it's it's quite tough whereas myself being, you know, single and not having that side to, I guess, worry about, uh, I feel competing again is a thing I want to do. And there's only been two other auctioneers. Had, there have only been two other auctioneers, I should say. They've only won it multiple times. Yep. And I think well, if, if I'm able to reach that level, uh, certainly I'll be placed in a, high, a higher echelon than currently and standing so
0: well maybe after this interview uh somebody will hear and you you won't be single anymore they'll see a successful man <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> on, the, and, uh, on the move uh,
1: yeah well look you know, in in the end we always like to move forward but um look it's uh, i think that's purely um you know commitment to to work and career at the moment you know that's probably the reason
0: yeah yeah excellent well I'd like to thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. I, I didn't realize that it, it took you five years to get there. Um, I, think, I think that's a mighty effort. In, in fact, you, well, you can probably tell me because I'm sure a lot of people compete and they don't win and they say, all right, well, I had a go. I'm not really doing that anymore. Uh, yep. And they kind of drop off where you just kept going harder and harder and harder until you won it.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think that's actually key because it's particularly when, when people are trying to compete at our, you could say, our elite level in terms of auctioneering, there is no level higher than the Australasians. Yep. And to get to the Australasians, you've got to compete in the state level. A lot of people, you're right, they compete once and they feel maybe they're not at the right level at the time. but And then they choose to give up. Whereas I've, and I've witnessed this myself, not only through, I guess, my own personal journey, but through other states and people you know in the fraternity where they've competed year after year and the development has been amazing. And the way I look at it is, is that winning the competition can somewhat be a bonus mm-hmm. because if you're able to become a better auctioneer just through training and competing and uh, making sure you're on top of the game every single time, then you're doing the right thing for the owners that you represent anyway. Like and then winning competition is yeah. just the cherry on top. Yeah. so like, you're that's keeping just the way yourself
0: I sharp and honing your skills, I guess, every time. Absolutely, Harry. What about? I'll, I'll let you go. One final question, I'm, and I meant to ask this earlier. I'm sorry, but what? What? Did I, and I, I love to ask this when I've got a guest on, and, and you're the perfect person to ask. Um, what advice would you give somebody who's who's trying to do uh, a little better? They might be stuck in a rut. They might be new. Uh, they might be. They might have set goals that they haven't been able to achieve. Um, if yeah. they if they took you out for a coffee in Springvale Road, what would you what would you say? What would the discussion be? Where would your focus be to help them get better?
1: Um, first of all, surround yourself with the right people. Um, I always when I look at um, even some of the team members that we have here and people that I'm closely associated with, a lot of performance or their whether it's high or low it comes down to their surrounding. Um, not only in real estate but outside of real estate as well. So I I make sure that they have a deep understanding that if they want to be, I guess, achieving higher and doing better, that they are hanging around and dealing with people that are achieving higher and doing better than themselves. So that's, to me, the most important thing. The power of association is unbelievable. Um, Secondly is just you have to respect time. Um, Some people maybe, um, you know, you know, for example, conduct uh, a certain prospecting activity and or develop their own marketing campaign and may only do it for a month, two or three and feel there is no immediate result. Um, To to me, it's about time. Time is what separates, I think, the best agents from 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 the um and the lesser likes. So, um, time, 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 and time. Absolutely using the time being productive, but also to understanding that um, their prospecting effort today uh, will result into listings um, three months, six months, twelve months from now um, and that everything that they do has to be about long term not short term
0: okay okay, brilliant all right all right well, thank you so much for your time today and and again congratulations i'm going to uh, i 'm going to run the full video of your presentation, starting with Kermit the Frog. Uh, I'll let pe- I'll let people check that out. You must have got some points for originality. Where did you come up with that?
1: Oh, well, to be honest, um, uh, um, I'll be very frank here. I've got a really good support crew. So, so with the Aust- Australasian final, what what actually happens? You, we don't get the property. We don't see the property until um, that day, and then so we we see the property, and then we're in lockup within two hours. So we have to come up with something unique and quite, you could say, intriguing within a short space of time. So um, well, what I mentioned of earlier with a with good support crew, um, every year I have a couple of guys, best friends, and uh, wonderful, wonderful colleagues and um, people within auctioneer fraternity always bounce ideas. So I show the property to them, I give them an idea what it's about, and then bang, they'll start brainstorming because we, as we all know, we all got different creative minds. Yeah. Our minds, my, my, my strength may not be in the creativity side, but in more polishing everything up. Whereas for example, Michael, who's always been there for me, he may be more creative than I am. And, um, we just, I just tie it all up together. And, um, so that Kermit the Frog line you mentioned is actually from Justin. So the winner of this year helped me out last year. Oh, okay. Um, in, com- <clears throat> in coming up with a, with, a, with a good, nice, I guess you could say, original line there. Um, and look, yeah, in the end, of course, it's, it's just about adding that little bit of fun to it as well. And I think you do that with everything. Just adding a little bit of fun just makes it more exciting.
0: Well, when people see the video, they can see you on stage. And anybody who's aspiring to to improve their auctioneering skills, check out Harry's video. Uh, You've got terrific presence. Like I said, your timing's great. You're just confident. You're relaxed. They throw those curly questions at you at the start, and you handle those with ease. So uh, congratulations, my friend. I, I just think it's an awesome, awesome effort.
1: Thanks, Ray. Pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for your support. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Cheers, mate. $3 million and five at $5,000 a league now, sir. Almost had it there at $3 million 5000 Would you call another five now here in this premium location of Brighton at $3 million $5,000? 1st call, ma'am. Have I got your best? We sell no better bid. Quickly, sir. Twice at $3 million and five thousand. Third and final time at $3 million Any In or out, ma'am. Quickly, sir. At $3 million and five thousand dollars, we are selling. At $3 million and five, we are selling. Sold at 300 <laughs> Not bad! Not bad. <laughs> Sir, congratulations. Well done. An absolute sterling effort. To the audience, thank you so much to the team at ISL. We endeavour to find you another property. On behalf of the whole team, we do big you further.
0: The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On discount for life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.